Enter New R Presents. Happy Hour at the Old Timer Tavern, Episode 29. Happy Gary Gygax Day. This episode was recorded live at twitch.tv slash lantern noir. Hello and welcome. It is Tuesday. It's five o'clock on the East Coast, which means Gray and I are finally into the happy hour. That magical block of time when you've punched out at the office and the wife doesn't expect you home yet. And or husband or both, depending on your living situation. We don't judge for that sort of thing around here. Uh, my name is Rob, a.k.a. Lantern Noir, um, and I'm one of the two hosts for Happy Hour. And joining me, as is usually the case, would be... Raybeard of Greybeard's Tavern. Uh, and how, how, how has your week been, my friend? As we've, as we've got our drinks, we settled up to the bar. Uh, so I quoted uh, to someone much younger than me a, a movie from... Uh, 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 lore or your past uh, a long time ago uh, a movie quite often referenced uh, 16 Candles mm-hmm. I, I I sent them the gif of no more Yankee my wanky donger need food um, <laughs> so, but I applied it to gaming because Sunday 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 I streamed wild uh, wildermouth uh starting at 10 a.m and we we got so wrapped up into it that i was half hour late for uh the game with the people in the uk oh dear um yeah, <laughs> yeah. but they're they're cool uh it was it was a good time and we played that until 3 3 30 then uh you know, eight and such and such. And then I went into a game over on Indoor Adventures at 10 p.m. that lasted with after show and all until like two in the morning. So Sunday was was a huge day for for games and gaming. And it was uh, good times, very good times. I I, I got to, uh, it was, the Sunday night game was a guest game where there was like, um, so they're running Rime of the Frost Maiden, and they've been having guest stars uh, throughout. And um, my character, the Dread Pirate Westloy, um, <laughs> had uh, had been gone through the whole thing, and, and, and so we we had they had a game of just the guest characters. Oh, so that's clever! It was just right. chuckleheads. We were all just big old chuckleheads and it was just a laugh fest because of course if you're going to be a guest character you're going to be weird or out there you're going to be memorable oh exactly that's the word you're looking for yes yes so there were people who were like you know crawling out of their own skin and uh you know uh having bambi bambi summoned bambi characters Boop snooting you for healing and you know uh, a magic bag full of pie uh, it was it was outrageous and crazy so um, all the good stuff yeah 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 uh, i i can relate i actually came this weekend um i was the i was the lead coach for mm. a storytelling retreat nice a, a friend recommended me to a a uh, a group that is collecting a tour of faith stories. 
And the hope is to go out and do kind of like a moth story evening yeah. Uh, yeah, with yeah. people sharing their faith stories and kind of encouraging other people to think about their spirituality. Yeah. Uh, and they invited me in as the, as a master storyteller Mercy. to uh, to help coach, which I have to tell you, driving down, it was a four-hour drive to get there. Oh, dr- goodness. Dr- driving down, I'm like, I don't know what I am doing here. I am so out of my element. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a high school teacher. I'm used to teaching and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of used to coaching, but the idea of like listening to an adult say, this was a moment I felt connected to the, you know, however you want to describe it. They, they mm-hmm. say to God, mm-hmm. some of us yeah. might say to Providence, some might say to the universe and say, okay, here's how you can make the story better. Mm. And, and things like, I know it's part of your story, but does the breast cancer have to be part of this story? Right, which right, is such right. a, a weird thing to say to someone that's a breast cancer survivor. It's like, right. yes, that's a big part of your life, but how much of your ten minutes do you want to dedicate to it? Given the other story you're telling, and it's just, it was right. surreal. Does it connect, or what's the basis of, or can it be a as a breast cancer survivor? And Blech. that's yeah, we we had some really. It was a lot of fun. They were an amazing group to work with. Um, I also, and the last thing I'll say on this topic, uh, my name was put on the paperwork to mm. get the grant money from the religious diocese that put this program on <laughs> four years ago. Oh. Now, would you like to know when they asked me to do this? Mm, last week? At the, the, yes, this past <laughs> April. I got an email saying, would you be interested in being our primary coach for this? Mm. If you want, it's like, to me, that is a faith story. Yeah. <laughs> We we have faith this guy's not going to tell us no. <laughs> Four years from now. You know, all, all great journeys begin with a leap of faith. Yeah. Um, although, speaking of master storytellers, today is Gary Gygax Day. And we had, um, as is sometimes the case, we had rolled into a Tuesday going, the heck are we going to talk about today? <laughs> and, and as luck would have it, we've been kind of handed... Um, Stuff has to be said. Indeed, we've been kind of handed a bit of a, a bit of a, a topic, uh, topic du jour, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In that, uh, it's Gary Gygax Day. Yeah, I had to. Uh, so usually, you know, I post something on Twitter, and I'm pretty cranked about it and stuff, because, you know, I, the the guy who taught me D and D learned from Gary, and the I've you know, I interacted with Gary like half dozen times over the years. I went to his funeral. Uh, you know, I, I I cried and that made Luke cry, his son. <laughs> um, and but I was feeling weird because of the whole thing that just happened with Ernie and stuff this year. So I was like, you know, I I don't want to I don't want to go there on Twitter and, you know, because Twitter can be can be cathartic or toxic and stuff. And so I had talked to one of our, one of my, one of my favorite, uh, internet's peoples and, and, and role player. And I kind of said, you know, should I, should I say something this year or not? And they gave me beautiful, beautiful advice. They were like, well, if you're going to talk about gatekeeping or bigotry or how it led to, you finding groups and fitting into social things or how it is part of the lore and history of gaming 
you know, it, there's all sorts of ways to go with it. And I thought, you know, it's, we might as well go with it because if you don't accept, accept those things and maybe take a good look at them and say, yeah, this is bad. This is okay. We, this shouldn't be there. Or maybe it's not for our game. Um, if you don't feel free to talk about that kind of stuff, then, 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 then it becomes, it becomes a no topic and then it becomes a, a cancel culture thing and, and stuff. And I'd, I'd rather just get it out there and be like, yeah, the man did this. He may have been, let's, you know, let's say cool but they, with this and we'll ignore that other stuff that <laughs> you know may not or not ignore it but let's talk about it go yeah we agree that's bad next let's as know. as one does for these heavier topics my my personal connection to the gentleman is far more limited um mm. i've strictly have just been a connoisseur of the art um, and like you, all the different role-playing games and the, like the role-playing game as an activity that came out of the creation and publication of that first Dungeons and Dragons game. Yeah. And so much of our pop culture, I mean, would, would Big Bang Theory be the Big Bang Theory <laughs> were it not for the Dungeons and Dragons subculture? I mean, right. how much of that show's dialogue would be cut if the concept of let's pretend with rules yeah. never hit mainstream. I mean, right. it, and it still hasn't really. Um, it's not something like, you know, you find a lot more people who play golf right. than you, you find who play Dungeons and Dragons. Now, now at the same time, you now have, you know, 20 or 30,000 people every Thursday tuning in to watch Critical Role. Oh God, you know, I... I caught them on Twitch. And I'm going down my D and D channels, and mm -hmm. I'm like, I want to watch something tonight because it's my night off, and I'll flip mm -hmm. through D and D channels. I, I glance over and I see 41 viewers for Critical mm -hmm. Role, and mm -hmm. 900 viewers for the next biggest D and D yeah. stream. And I'm like, okay, Critical Role is at the top because it's Critical Role, but wow, that's they must have just flipped the switch if it's only 41 viewers. Yeah, and then I put my glasses on, <laughs> and there's a little K. <laughs> after the 41 and i'm like oh that, that, okay that makes good on, good on you good on you guys yeah, exactly when when you know uh when their live games at conventions when their live games at conventions are the same ticket price as like the rolling stones <laughs> you know it's over 200 dollars a ticket you know it's just I, you're like, all right, this is, you know, we, we are not hiding in the basement, not telling anyone what we're doing, you know, no, we're, uh, we're looking at porn. We're down here looking at porn. We're not playing D and D go away. <laughs> well, and that's a point I've raised before and I'll bring up again, connected to that. When I was in high school, the one RPG we did not play was Dungeons and Dragons because it was verbatim forbidden by yeah. one of the guy's moms. Like you can play whatever you want. I will spend hundreds of dollars on yeah. Robotech, on Gamma World, on TMNT, yeah. uh, Access and Allies board games and expansions. You just can't play that D and D thing. Right. Um, which still, to my mind, it's like if she knew half the crap our characters were gaining into in Shadowrun, 
She would have been, uh, why don't you just make a nice priest or that cleric thingy in D&D and, you know, just fix people. So Fight them devils. You know, um. Building on the legacy. This is something I've seen a ton on Twitter today, which yeah. is a quote. It's, um, I would like the world to remember me as the guy who really enjoyed playing games and sharing his knowledge and his fun pastimes with everybody else. Yep. Gary Gygax. And I feel like that's like a neat launching point to this conversation about the legacy, good and bad, of Dungeons and Dragons as a, a hobby. Yep. Yeah, as a matter of fact, it's really funny because that's that with the picture of him from uh, Futurama was the meme that I sent to some of my grognard buds today, you know, to say, hey, Gygax Day. So. Yeah, I mean, it's it is something I think the the idea that the goal was here's something we like doing with our miniature combat. Mm-hmm. Let's let's dress it up some more. Let's add some more rules to it uh, and make it about the the miniatures themselves. Yeah. As opposed it, to just the, the battle. And instead of instead of taking on the persona of the French officer at Waterloo. Mm-hmm, uh, now our officer does stuff. What is it? What if he was the hero, like like the knight in the story? You know, I it's it's um, it's really. I'll, I'll just go ahead and I'll jump to one of the books. Um, this is it's playing at the world, a history of simulating wars, people, and fantastic adventures from chess to role playing games. Wow. Um, yeah, it's, it's 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 a book. It's <laughs> uh, authoritarian, authoritative. Yes, it 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 is good. If if you are if you want to know where your games came from, that that's a pretty good book to to walk you through um, a lot of the a lot of the the ways that it went from you know Avalon Hill. And moving chits around, <laughs> chits around a hex board, to graph paper and you know monsters and um, you know spells and magic and beholders and what, whatnot. So, yeah, that's that's a pretty heavy collection. Yeah. Lots of good stuff. I have not seen that book before. I will have to check that out. It's older, and there are probably I would say, <laughs> uh, slimmer and. Uh, more fun <laughs> versions of it out there, um, but they they approached it as history. That's it. Really, is as history. It's not a. I looked it up on the internet, and I said, <laughs> you know, right. somebody told me. Um, I will. Uh, real quick, uh, I'll tell a a, a guy act story that uh, that always makes me laugh. So we were. Um, we uh, I had to be like 2004 or so. It was like the last Gen Con in Wisconsin. Maybe it was earlier than that. Anyway, the last Gen Con in Wisconsin. We had had a hell of a time getting there. Um, at one point, we were, <laughs> we were driving along. There was like eight of us jammed in like a K car or something. You know, you were college guys, blah, blah, blah. Um so yeah, it was way before. It would have to be in like ninety something, 
anyway, we were headed there and uh, we got stuck in traffic and my buddy Sam the Eagle just got out of the car because he's six foot blah blah plus and he was cramped and he was done and he just started walking <laughs> so because we're stuck in traffic so i got out of the car and i had to run ahead and i, I had to take a picture um, of, of him walking to gen con so uh we love you sam uh and um anyway uh so then later in that gen con this is the guy x part um we were on the floor of gen con and all of a sudden, Gary Gaiax walks right past us, right? And this is in that that weird interim, you know, where where Vampire was on the rise and, and Gary had lost the company and, you know, things were all weird and WizKids was huge. It was all about hero clicks and, you know, RuneScape and, and this kind of thing. And, and <laughs> Gary Gaiax walked by and it was me and my buddy Drew. And I went, holy crap. That was Gary Gaiax. And Drew goes, what? And I'm like, I turn around, I'm like, hey, Gary. <laughs> and he turns around, he's got the Hawaiian shirt on, he's got games tucked under his arms. And, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, hey, how you doing? And he's like, hey, he shakes my hand. Nah, nah, nah. And I'm like, this is my buddy Drew. Can, can we get a picture with you and him? Because again, you know, we didn't have phones with cameras. So we had to have an actual gazoontite. Um, had actual, an actual cameras camera and so i had to take a picture and i could not find those pictures because <sighs> i got that picture of sam and i got that picture of drew i will try to put them on twitter if i can find them um but well, that's, yeah that's but, an archive that's an archival photo but, there but little drew, <laughs> little drew was just like scary like put his arm around him and everything you know so so yeah, a, a very, very generally speaking, humble, humble guy. So well, I, I don't think he ever set out. I mean, he, from what I've I've heard, the the intention was never to be, let's make a World of Warcraft thing. Let's like let's create a a monolith that will dominate American yeah. and Western culture for literally generations. It was. Well, we like playing miniature games. We want to. We want to kind of kick that up a notch. Uh, let's let's publish a couple of books for people that would also be interested in it. Yep. Um, and then we have what we have now, which is if I if you if you say you're going to play a role playing game, mm -hmm. depending on who you're talking to, you may or may not have to say like Dungeons and Dragons. Because I now, mean, I've been to barbecues where I'll say, "Well, my wife and I are into role playing," and suddenly <laughs> everyone goes. Mm -hmm. Oh really? <laughs> and you're like, no, 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 no. Well, I mean, yes, but Maybe, no, but <laughs> <laughs> there's multiple variations of role playing, shall we? Well, yeah, but that that gets into that, like when you say, oh, well, it's like Dungeons and Dragons. Suddenly, everyone go. I mean, it in the collective conscious of American, if not Western culture, that phrase yep. conjures images. Yeah. And it, it it used to be that you would say, oh, we were playing Shadowrun and people would be like, uh, and you'd be like, you know, like Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, but with like punks and, you know, cybernetics and computers and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, <laughs> it still wouldn't quite 
get it. Or, or, uh, I remember my buddy, my buddy, Joey would always walk up to the table and we'd be talking and I'd be like, and then I had the ax and it was like, blah, blah, blah. And he'd be like, Oh, you guys are talking that dungeons and dragons crap again until he played it. <laughs> and then it's like, Oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, he was and, ready. And that's, I mean, it is, it's, it's so much goes back to that LARPing. I don't know if LARPing would have caught on the way it did right? Um, without it. I mean, there's always going to be improv theater and there will always be, mm-hmm. it's like Dungeons and Dragons legitimized adults playing make-believe and going out in the woods or into a, you know, a building that's been set aside as a dungeon um, to say, you know, let's, let's just kind of pretend for now. We can all suspend some disbelief and this is an orc we're talking to. And, and then we're going to beat them up with our swords using some mechanical system somebody's created that's semi-fair-ish mm-hmm. um, in order to create this, this interesting experience. Um, the other thing that blows my mind is how many games have taken those original six stats mm. from the good old days of D&D and have just, you know, reskinned them. Yep. You've got your... your you know, your, your three physicals, your three mentals. Yep. And, and that's, and that seems to be like the, the default. Right. Yeah. It, it tends to be, uh, so, uh, winding it down the, the, how to put this, uh, being of a, the, 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 uh, Kung Fu thinking of, of martial arts thinking it's mind, body, soul. And, and so the, if anybody, if anybody doesn't have the six stats, six stats, it's generally, they've boiled them down to three, the two physical, the two mental and the two ethereal spiritual, like toughness type or, or, uh, you know, uh, wisdom. So it usually boils down to that, but yes, it's really interesting when you get into a system that has upped it and broken it down even more. And that's where you kind of go, wow. (laughs) Now we've been challenged to remember GURPS as a big part of this. And if I recall correctly, GURPS was a contemporary of D&D. Yes. I don't remember that it came after. Uh, Yes, it was after because it was trying to be a universal role-play game. Right. It was not much after, um, but I think I'm pretty sure GURPS was an eighties thing where technically D and D was like mid seventies, late seventies. Um, my first exposure to GURPS was in the early nineties when I got to Mm -hmm. college. Yeah, me too. Um, And yeah, so we have strength, dex, IQ, hits and movement. Yep. For GURPS. So you still have that. It's interesting that, that GURPS doesn't have a lot in the ways of mental stats. Yeah. Um, yeah. They all just fall under that, that catch-all of IQ. Yep. Which, I mean, Fallout 1, originally a GURPS game. I believe I remember that. That Fallout 1 was based out either directly or loosely on the GURPS system. GURPS, I, yeah. think, I think GURPS was neat because it was recognizing... That as D and D was starting to get traction within the the nerd geek subculture, uh, other RPGs were gaining traction, and 
at the same time you had this running complaint of what system are we going to use? Right. And well, how do the rules work in this game? And GURPS right. definitely went after the, well, you know, if you learn one system, it does everything. Yeah. And then you don't have to, you know, what, what dice am I using again? Do we need D10s tonight? Who's, who's running this? And then, and then right after, like right on that, the tail coats of, of GURPS was also riffs and, you know, the palladium system, uh-huh. uh, the, you know, the, the, the more universal systems because they were like, Ooh, we don't have to make a whole new mechanics to have top secret and boot hill. And, you know, all these other ones that TSR was, was toying with at the time and, and putting out there, they were just like, well, no, this is GURPS space and this is GURPS Rome and this is GURPS, you know, whatever they could be come up with to, sp- uh, to sell the splat book, you yep. know. Well, I, I still remember my first GURPS character I gave healing powers to. Mm. And mm-hmm. and the guy who was running the game went, Where, what, what, how, how does she just have innate healing? I'm like, I, I, I looked in the book and it said <laughs> healing 25 points. So I bought it he's like well no, no that's 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 from the superheroes game that's that's from if you're making someone that has an innate ability i thought you were making a a, a cleric or a priestess and i'm like i am because she has healing <laughs> oh no 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 we got we have to get a spell list for you and i remember at the time thinking why mm-hmm. doesn't this feel like if the system is correct touch cast healing Mm-hmm. For a certain amount of healing per day, mm-hmm. should be the same if I took it from the superhero book or the fantasy book, because it's all balanced, right? Or if, or if <laughs> I'm just a doctor and I have X amount of medical supplies, yeah. I can do X healing today. <laughs> And that is the kind of thing where we, did you ever catch Gygax playing games outside of D&D? Uh, yeah, I got to see him uh, demo Dangerous Journeys, oh. which was his his new game after, uh, after D&D, after he lost the company kind of thing. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, real quick uh, to uh, third tier gaming. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that Fallout was based on GURPS, but I don't remember if they if there was an actual licensing or if they just went. Yeah, it's a percentile system. You can't you, you can't own me. Um. <laughs> I remember this game. I played it. Hmm. Dangerous journeys. We called Dangerous it journeys. We we called it Mythos Magic. Hmm. Because I think the gentleman who ran it back in the day had the, he had that book and he wanted to do a bunch, he wanted to run a game in a universe where everybody had magic. Oh, nice. That that was like commonplace. Mm -hmm. And so he wanted to play that up. Um, Unless, unless there was another RPG published in the early nineties called Mythos Magic. That sounds familiar, but I I cannot confirm or deny that. I'm going to look really quick but, as well. But in Dangerous Journeys, everyone can have magic. It's a skill based system, and so you could you know you could be a pistolier, you know, with with magic or mix and match any way you wanted. 
You know, it's funny too, because the biggest thing I remember mm. about playing um, Mythos, Ma- playing Dangerous Journeys, I guess now is a mm. better way of calling it. I called it Mythos Magic for forever and a day. Um, is that the character sheets were like eight pages. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, it was one of those things where they were like, well, we want to put everything on here. And so it was like um, the character sheets were like like Elf Quest and the Lord of the the original Lord of the Rings game and stuff were just everything had to be on the sheet. So every possible skill and yep. every possible. So, yeah, it was like it was like eight pages of, of character because they wanted everything to be there. Yep. So oh, I remember that. And by the way, welcome, Azteki. You're dropping in on, on us reminiscing about the legacy of D&D, uh, which is a good time too to kind of appreciate your introduction. Um, mm-hmm. Azteki is a recent convert to, mm-hmm. to, to tabletop RPGs within the nice. last 12 months. So he's had a chance to kind of to see everything uh, from that particular side. Um, That being said, uh, I remember that, that eight page character sheet being that like, it took us like five hours, four hours to make a character. (laughs) Cause you were like, you were doing all of your stat calculations for every conceivable instance. Mm -hmm. So when it came time to play, there was no moment where you're like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to be going at a quarter of my check because this is an unskilled, application of dexterity it's like okay then you flip and go okay i have to roll over whatever the stat number was i am and that was it yep everything was preset um which is weird too because it we we kicked around the idea of talking about some of the very contemporary issues about gatekeeping yeah uh towards the game and not what's interesting what what i got exposed to on that topic wasn't so much the dms going whoa 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 not you you don't belong at my table yeah. But the the quieter things that keep people from coming into the table. Right. And so things like, could you imagine coming up to a bunch of guys hanging out at the union, maybe a girl or two, saying, what you guys doing? Oh, we're playing Dangerous Journeys. Well, how's it work? Well, I have this character sheet. And you take out a portfolio mm-hmm. with all these writings on it and numbers and, and yeah. symbols and abbreviations. And it's like, yeah, you know, I'm good. Yeah. Most of my games, you can fit all the rules on the back lid of the box. I don't. <laughs> 300 page book for playing this thing? I don't think so. Push the little popper in the middle, <laughs> and whatever the two dice say, that's how far you move your red pip. Well, but even, um, even complicated games, Clue. Yeah. All the rules for Clue fit on the inside cover. Yeah. Um, and then here we are breaking out these books with just pages of rules and pages yeah. and pages and pages um yeah. let me look at i just had dangerous journeys up on amazon mm. for a page count on it yeah the um yeah and it was it was weird too because like my high school game group never had it never had any girls in it it was always just, you know, nerds, basically. And then when I got to college, you know, I, I met and uh, met and married and have been with now for 30 years. Uh, one of the first gamer girls, you know, ever, technically, as far as I know. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> and we were always very open at our table. The, uh, um, the, <laughs> the, the head of the, uh, um, the, the president and vice president of the LGB at the time it was GLA, the gay lesbian Alliance, which yep. would now be the, the whole, uh, series of, uh, a Q plus, uh, mm-hmm. situation LBGTQIA plus, mm-hmm. right? LBGT. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, um, they, uh, um, they, they were, we, we introduced them to D and D and um and stuff so yeah it was always interesting and then we were lucky enough to be running the the gamers guild like when when vampire hit and vampire had opened the doors so much because now we had like theater kids and you know uh, the 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 girls came in and then they were like well wait Wait, wait, there's not just this. There's, there's, you know, there's not just Anne Rice vampire stuff. There's superheroes and there's D&D and there's this and this. And so it was just so much more, you know, open to, to, to everybody uh, that. Well, and that's, and that's part of that was legacy. If you, if you look back at the first edition, basic edition Dungeons and Dragons, even if we take away the whole, like, if you think about basic, you had mm-hmm. your, we, yes, we have our, you're an elf. And here's what elves do. Mm-hmm. Um, but even when it came to like things like motivation, mm-hmm. why are your characters doing what they're doing? Um, they're what it was not designed to be that. It was meant to be, no. you know, miniature combat with a little extra personal twist. And then Vampire, I think, was one of the first games I really remember saying, "Yes, but why is your vampire vampiring?" <laughs> like, let's talk about that and attach some mechanics. Yeah. To it. So it's not like a Dragon Magazine, like, hey, you can copy this page out of the back of the magazine as a character sheet, and it has a place to write personal objective down. Like, it was right. legit. You were out to create something, or you were out to destroy something, or mm-hmm. you were out for an awesome time. And if you did it, you got rewarded. Right. And and I think I think it's hard to underestimate or undersell just the impact that had for the gaming community is to take what was in the D and D, and this this beautiful medium of of entertainment called an RPG, and kick it up that next step because we see so many of those elements coming back, yeah, in later editions of D and D. When we get into fourth and fifth edition, we start to see things like oh, if your characters are role playing their biffs really well, you should give them inspiration. Yeah. Which I would be stunned if when we get to 6th edition D&D, there isn't even more codification behind oh, yeah. inspiration. Yeah. and I... Okay, I just lost you there, Greybeard. Um, it was a quite, I think it's our usual, we usually have one good internet hiccup per stream. We're going to give it another few seconds. Why don't you talk and see if you're back? I'm I'm still here. There I we go. To be here. We just had our pop up statement from Zoom saying our internet connection was unstable, and now Ooh, we're good to go okay. again. Okay. There are one. Our one. Uh, our one per overload. stream. If <laughs> if if you play the Greybeard and Lantern drinking game, that one's a double shot. <laughs> double shot. There it is. Um, um. Yeah. So it just is one of those things where it 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 has been. 
the internet is toxic because <laughs> there are tons there are tons of female gamers out there there are tons of of uh you know lbgtqia plus people out there you know uh diversity you know and it, it's really can be for everyone it's those holdouts who who are like i cannot stand when i see well fine if they they're gonna be woke they're just slitting their own throats nobody's gonna buy this uh have you watched critical role have you have you seen the i mean any of the shows that are out there um, (laughs) just you know well and that that gets into that the game has become more more complex and it's it's interesting, but if you think about the the arc of Dungeons and Dragons from when when Gary made it, mm-hmm. the game has gotten simpler mechanically mm-hmm. and harder on every other front. Correct. And and a lot of that I think goes back to his roots. I I think, unless I'm mistaken, Gygax came at this as a historic historic history minded historical historian kind of guy who war war gamer war gamer. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily. Did he have a literature degree? Uh, no, he was an insurance salesman. Um, so and I, <laughs> so that's yeah. where the charts all come from. You, you think? Um, <laughs> imagine what those books would be like if he'd actually had like full-on modern spreadsheets to use when he was writing them. Um, yeah. Although the formulas would probably make more sense. Uh, <laughs> but, and I, the reason I say that is um, these weren't deep thinking. They weren't complex characters. As far as motivation goes, as far as drama goes, and so when you when you line up all of your Russian infantry and you've got your French infantry opposing, mm-hmm. no one at the table really stops and has a big heavy conversation about who should win because it's mm-hmm. the right side. Yeah, it's it's like my guys are going up against your guys, and the outcome of the battle is kind of inconsequential to mm-hmm. me making you say good game. That that was a good win. Like that's the goal. Miniature wargaming, the whole goal is you look at me and say, Good job, you got me. <laughs> like that's the purpose. Axis and Allies is a board game, let's be honest. At the end of the night of a, a good game of Axis and Allies, three people and two people should all shake hands and one team should go, Yeah, well played. Yeah. There's no debate about how you feel mm-hmm. when Germany and Japan wins World War Two. Yeah. Because that's that's a conceit of the medium. Yeah, and that the go for it. Uh, uh, the so I used to I used to play uh, with a group of of war gamers and stuff, and um, but <laughs> but because I used to play all the Avalon Hill games and and all that stuff, and and I loved those, but I was much more of a storyteller, role play D and D. You know, that's that's my gaming roots. Avalon Hill and World War Two, and you know, uh, uh, all that came after for me. So I've always role played my military games, and 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 I had a friend who was a, a philosophy major, and he used to say to me sometimes, he would say, "You you do realize there." there are no lead widows right <laughs> when, when your when your guys get wiped out it's not like you know there's not like weeping and gnashing and you know oh, whoa, 
fly. And because I'd be at the table and I'd play it that way. <laughs> you know? We are going to die valiantly upon the hill, you know, charge, you know. And fall back, so the, fall back. The, the older Wargamer guys, really, they, they loved having me around because that was that was my shtick. You know, I always role played it up, even if I was, you know, totally murdered or slaughtered or whatever. So but you got in. But that's but when we think about the first edition of D&D. Our heroes go and they kill the bad guys. And we don't really think much deeper than that. Yep. Uh, and we get into later editions. Uh, we, we see D&D reacting to all the different games it had to compete with mm -hmm. for eyeballs and for, for game time. We right. see the game becomes more and more complex, which is how we get to where we are today, where, you know, we finally have that statement. We talked about it before, and it, it, it I think, is really important to repeat. The idea that there's no inherently evil races that... It's all about culture and choice. And yeah. yeah, you could have a campaign where every knoll needs to get whacked. Mm. Yeah, they they can take our lives, but they can never take our freedom. <laughs> Which to be fair, in that battle, if we play that on the table sometime, I am taking the British every day and Sunday twice. <laughs> um, I'm really sorry. You come charging at me with all them claim wars. <laughs> We're just gonna hold back here and drop Arizona. <laughs> Which say side topic, I played one game of mm. land party style uh, total warfare, medieval total warfare. Mm. And the guy I was playing with said, yeah, I'll turn muskets on for this. Mm. He did not do well. <laughs> uh, because I knew to deploy my muskets in like three ranks. Right. So instead of having like this block of like spearmen moving around, there are like these five lines of muskets <laughs> I'm maneuvering. Because I'm thinking like Napoleon. Like, I need to have a front. I need to cover here. I need to flank. And it's like, I ripped him to shreds. Yeah. He's like, I, I didn't think I was going to lose until I realized everybody was dead. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, well, that's because I, I don't know a lot. But I know a little 18th century warfare. Thank you very much. Hit had uh, uh, another military buddy who um, he, he said, how you can judge a good war game is if the tactics of the day fit hmm. you know if if it if it if if you get modifiers for being spearmen against cavalry you know and you block up in your spear block and the cavalry charges you anyway and they die most likely it's a good war game <laughs> it's doing the game right so <laughs> leave the scots alone so they can focus on their true enemy Scots. Scots. <laughs> you know, that there's there's legitimacy in some of those comments from, from historical records. But no. it gets back to that I mean, we look at look at the legacy and look at all how RPGs have grown. I think there's so much more fun at the table when it's not mindless dice throwing. Oh yeah. And this is this is coming off, and if this tech is still here, he'll he'll account account to this. In three sessions Mm -hmm. of let's say four hours each so that's mm -hmm. in the last 12 hours we've played uh, curse of Strahd. eight of them have been dedicated to combat yeah two, we had two out of three sessions were almost exclusively combat yeah but that said the overall arc of the story is is much more about why and who and as much as as much as Azteki will will uh lament the, mm. we're vampire hunters who never actually kill vampires because we just feel bad and we keep hoping they'll behave which which has happened they left the vampire in charge of a city 
Right. They left right. her as mayor because she promised she wouldn't drink human blood while they were gone. Ah. <laughs> oh, wait. Hmm. She, Did we she, ever go back? She convinced oh. them, and perhaps she was earnest, Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. that that she, we are pro reforming vampires. Exactly, <laughs> they they're going on the idea that if they kill Strahd, all of his progeny will no longer be vampires. Yeah, uh, and I'll be really honest as a DM and somewhat world builder because I I'm very loose and fast with D and D. Like I like to change it up for whatever works good for the story. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure it will or not. Yeah, I haven't come uh, to yeah. a final decision. Yeah, that's you know. <laughs> um, uh, again, on a, a note on gatekeeping, coming from that world of mm-hmm. of wargaming and seeing how that's who was was like some of the first people to be playing this, and that's a lot of the ways that that the the gatekeeping was there was you're not doing it right, mm-hmm. and so when people would come to the cable table with okay i'm a fae and here's my thing and i wanna and this is you know these are what my personality things are and i've got you know like uh my my character i remember going to pathfinder uh society and being like here's my character he's a gnome his skin is blue his hair hair is orange and his name is rob everyone um and he's he's a rogue but he carries a bastard sword and he wears no armor he's just got a kilt and, and and they were like looking at me like no go to a different table cuz we're here to win and 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 you know finish the module in 4 hours and we do not have time for your piffery you know and that is that that's a concept that i when it's done in a welcoming way i'm not adverse to like the 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 movie gamers too opens uh small spoiler for the first 30 minutes uh they fail a module yeah total party wipe everyone's dead we've been beat and they insist they're going to come back and play the module again starting next week Mm -hmm. because they've never not beaten a module yeah and that gets into that it goes back to that war gaming roots of like we're playing this to win yeah. Which is why when Joanna shows up, she's like, I made a, a fighter. And they went, oh, really? What's your uh, strength bonus? Plus one. <laughs> you made a fighter with a plus one strength bonus? She's like, oh, yes. I put most of my points into charisma mm. so I could avoid fights and intelligence <laughs> so I can, make, I can make the best decisions when the fight starts. Mm. And you're like, and, and you, part of you feels for the other guys at the table going, oh, great. We're going to have to carry this character because there's no way she's going to be able to do anything. Um, and it just makes the, the scene later when she go, whips out all these feats nobody had ever taken because <laughs> exactly. nobody ever had the int bonus for it. Right. It's like, oh, oh, this this is just downright broken. The intelligence build. Hmm. Which, now, um. to be fair, third, third, third and third 3.5 editions did not have the feats that she quoted because they invented right. them for the film. But I bet most of you that saw the movie the first time reached yeah. for a 3.5 rule book to go, wait a minute, how's that one work? <laughs> and we're very surprised to see they weren't there because they made sense. Yeah. They oh, all yeah. made sense. That's, um, uh, the, uh, oh, I always screw up his name. Uh, I always, Robert Downey Jr. Um, his Sherlock Holmes movies 
I love the fight scenes in those because he's like, okay, here's how boop, 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 boop. His brain works so fast that he's like, this is how this fight's going to go. And, you know, uh, it's really funny because <laughs> when you, when you do competitive martial arts, it's, mm -hmm. there's a line from uh, last samurai that it's, it's something along the lines of, you know, you just see the fight before the fight even begins. You know, it's very Sun Tzu and stuff. Oh, I got goosebumps. Yeah, because <laughs> that's that's how it goes. When you get to a certain level, you know, you're like, okay, you you already see how the fight's going to go before the fight begins. And and so it's just, <sighs> it's just beautiful, you, you know. Who else to, did that? Intelligence. Um, movie, bike, messenger. Uh, there was a movie... Ride like no, Premium Rush. Premium Rush. Premium Rush is a film that was came out in. I have it up out here on Google. I have the year maybe, mm. um, but it's a uh, uh, brain. Joseph Gordon Levitt. Oh, uh, okay. Stars in it, yeah. and in a big part, it's a uh, 2012. Mm. And one of the big conceits with it, which I think is really brilliant, is mm. uh, whenever he comes up to a decision on the bike. Yeah, he plays through all the different things he can do to yeah. avoid getting murdered on the bike riding. <laughs> He's a bike messenger in New York, so it's right. like there's this moment, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, I can go this way, and then that car hits me. I can go this way, and that woman opens her door, and I slam into. I can go this way, which takes me into oncoming traffic. But given my three options, mm -hmm. I don't die that way. Wham! I into oncoming traffic. <laughs> um, and so it was really neat, like to see that to get that same sense of having mm -hmm. the intelligence and yep. experience to right. almost be precognitioned yep. to get through the fight, to get through the in this case maneuvers. Yeah. Um, which again is it's one of those really neat things you can do with that build. Um, but as again, as we look at that legacy, we keep seeing where the RPGs and D and D especially have mm -hmm. like looked at ways to grow because there's nothing this is still what gets me there's nothing stopping us from getting together i almost did this last night you were on my list of people to call is there's nothing stopping us from saying okay everyone bring a fifth level character there's four of you i will pull out a cr5 monster right in a 40 by 40 room yep let's get some beer mm. and see if i can kill you guys right let's do it and you can mm. totally still do that yep but because so many other RPGs have said, let's offer some more. So well, does D&D. It's just, it's so much, it's so much easier nowadays to go, oh, I'm on Monster Hunter. <laughs> yeah, I've got the flaming death blade of giant double axiness. Uh-huh. Why, why do I have to get together with other four other people? I can just do this, you know, and, and, and so, yeah, I think a lot of that, that's, that's also to where you can get that style entertainment so readily now that I think as, as D and D was going along and looking for new things. And I think fourth edition really, really kind of uh, outlined that look, this is an amazing tabletop fighting game. But there's 10,000 computer 
yeah. simulation fighting games out there. You know, this is not role playing. This isn't centered in role playing. It's battle board. We're 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 centered on the battle board. Which power am I using, and how far does it reach? Yep. And it, and it, and, it, and you know, like we've said, you're coming off of three and three five, where they had to write a rule for everything because it was coming off of the ad, adversarial DMing from the early days of like first and second edition. So many DMs were, okay, I'm out here to kill you guys. Uh, okay. Now, that's, as, uh, as the guy with personal experience, mm-hmm. where where was where was Master Gygax? Um, it on was that spectrum. If you look at <laughs> if you look at the adventures, there were uh oh what's it called uh like tomb of horrors the lost tomb of tomoa chan uh i'm trying to think of the turn all the tournament dnd adventures they were they were adventures to to beat the players because there were people who are out there who were like dnd is easy and and so so yes to to gary it was and like i had said uh, it, this is my opinion and and books and 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 the way the modules are written back in the old day you were there to kill characters <laughs> you know we would come on a friday night like i said with a half dozen a half dozen index cards with characters on it and and you would just huck okay dead next you know oh Next, oh, black leaf's dead, red leaf's dead, yellow leaf's dead. I, I brought six rogues tonight. I, <laughs> you know, uh, so quick, hide behind the pile of dead bards. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, and that's, I mean, so. I think, and I think a lot of the the recent dust up with the relaunch of TSR, unrelaunch of TSR, mm-hmm. um, and comments from the the Gygax families. Uh, this is the D and D that Gary wanted us to play. Yeah. I don't necessarily think are inherently wrong in what where an 83-year-old Gygax would be today. He he very well might be looking at D&D's biffs and gossip about their, you know, whispers of of nature demeanor from vampire creeping into 6th edition and roll his eyes. Yep. And that's fine. Yeah. I I think in many ways the fact that we have the archival capabilities we have today means mm-hmm. you can you can play a second edition as long as you want well and there was so much the you know the old school renaissance uh osr as it were um that that came out of of a, of a let's let's uncomplicate things mm-hmm. let's go back to kick in the door get them the you know get, kill the monster get the treasure and i think that because of that mentality and that that play styles out there but now it's just it, it, as long as you let everybody at the table the role playing is going to be there because there's going to be the jokes and there's going to be the fun and everybody's going to have a good time it just you uncomplicate the rules so that the role play can be there and the 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 dice and the numbers don't fight against it <laughs> You know, you don't have this this conflict of of like in three five. Oh God, you you are you are you are you sure you want to grapple? Are you are you sure? <laughs> I okay, because there's eight pages for grappling. Yeah, 
you know. Compared to fifth edition where it's like, okay, grapple. Uh, make an unarmed <laughs> attack roll. You've hit. Okay, now oppose strength check. Yeah, or, the or they may choose their dexterity to be a Wrigley snake-like fighter, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and it's interesting, too, that you mentioned the old school renaissance because um, a few of you that had followed me remember that I ran uh, a five-week campaign back last November, um, which was what kicked off the, the Mists of Ever Twilight. Mm-hmm. We had uh, one one session to cross over the Mists, and then in five sessions we had this whole story arc we followed. Mm. And I'm rebooting that starting tomorrow night. Mm. And my intention mm. is to double to triple the time. Yeah. By adding in, okay, you're in a dungeon. Kick down the door, kill the monster, move on. Yeah. And like just bring back some of those dungeon crawly elements of let's check yeah. behind you. Know, we're going through the abandoned city. We don't know what we're going to find behind any given door. Is it going to be more zombies? Right. Or is it going to be some, some frightened villagers? Or my personal favorite encounter, some frightened villagers with zombies. Like, that's a good encounter. Um, I, and- I used to love some of the random encounters. Halfling merchants. <laughs> we're three levels. We're three levels down. <laughs> how, how did this guy get down? Although, you know, I another part of me really wants to take one of those old, old schools. I've got the Lost City here in the house. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's old school enough yeah and just run it with a group of modern players specifically to have like a drinking game slash bingo card Mm. of the goofy things that just don't really hold up to (laughs) they don't hold up to a modern audience so well see things like wait a minute we're three levels down in the undermountain and there's a halfling caravan here (laughs) like you rolled for a halfling caravan yeah (laughs) we're not moving on lantern until you explain (laughs) yourself Exactly. Where where did this halfling caravan come from that it ended up three levels down in the undermountain? Exactly. We'll, we'll wait. <laughs> We're good. I told you the map was wrong. You're holding it upside down. <laughs> see, see, it's right here. You should have taken a right turn at Albuquerque. Exactly. But you took exactly. a left, and now we're here. Okay, yep. Yep. See, to me, magic... As third tier has pointed out as to how they got there, is such a cop out in that instance. <laughs> I much I much prefer the we came down here to set up a, a shop right below the yawning portal. Right. And and then we went around a corner and then we got attacked by something, so we ran deeper. And then <laughs> our chalk marks that we were leaving behind got changed by something. Cause we followed our chalk marks back and we've been doing that for the last six weeks. <laughs> Fortunately, we're rations merchants. Yeah. So we ha- we came down with ten weeks worth of dried meat and fresh water. Yeah, and this, we we started with ten men at arms. <laughs> we're down to two men at arms. Um, and then everyone looks sideways. Uh, to which they quickly go, "Well, because they got killed." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah. um, but it's it's that old school though. I think is a, a thing that. D&D can't ever, can never truly get away from. Because if you look at every published adventure, you still have a map and a guide to every location on it. Which is so weird because when uh, Expedition to Castle Ravenloft came out at the end of 3.5, they had started to show the encounter system that was going to show up in 4, 
but it had all the original maps with in this room you find these things in these rooms you find these things and then, oh by the way when the players enter that room you should turn to page 75 to find encounter 15 which is a better way to run this yeah which i thought was like to, to me like the most brilliant thing to do plus in a weird way it kind of almost goes back to those original war game routes yeah because now it's like okay this is a combat encounter you guys are here the bad guys are there you're gonna come at each other right. let's see who wins yeah i i there was an, an amazing um there was an amazing module and i can't remember which one it was but it was when modules finally started to be more environmentally uh, aware so it wouldn't be okay we beat up goblins and then we open the next door and there's like four ogres you know just there what were the ogres eating goblins were they were they eating goblins is that no they eat adventurers you know um so there was a great <laughs> great module who started to they they started to kind of make fun of that so like you would enter the room with the ogres and the ogres would be eating a box of candles you know they they'd, be, they'd have crates of candles there and they'd just be nomming the, the tallow candles and stuff so that there was this like oh i still want to have ogres here but now i'm going to try to explain why the ogres there you know so. well that was one jo uh, a gentleman i played in, with in college uh was working on a herpetology degree mm. and he always swore that the, the key to, to becoming a rpg writer so writing source material for TSR and other companies was to get grounded in things oh, no. like ecology. Oh, I lost and... you. Or did you lose me? Oh, oh, oh we're going to try to get back here and check one thing on our system. It's like the moment. Crack my back. Okay, are we all back? Nope, we're still having that technical difficulty that sometimes creeps into the stream. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, give us just a few more seconds to, as as they said, actually, let's lock it down. Uh, I lost you. But Are you, you back? I think you're back. I think so. Okay, we're back. Woo! See, that happens. Yep. That happens. Um, but yeah, there was that push to start, like, justifying things on an ecological front. So mm -hmm. thinking about animals in Iraq, thinking about food webs, or we used to call them food chains, mm -hmm. and, you know, what eats what, what eats what. And, and that's a big part of the things that I think happened over the course of the 80s and 90s, even yeah. before we got past the kick the door down, take the stuff yep. um, that came with it. And then the, the introduction, which I never caught on at the time, but things like the gelatinous cube yeah, was really like, if you stop and think about it, every dungeon practically has to have one because that's why you never find bodies of other adventurers. <laughs> like, how is it we're going through here and there's no, like, adventurer bodies laying anywhere? Oh, because the gelatinous cube <laughs> makes its way through here every day or two and, and cleans up the corpses. And the yeah. goblins all know to close the door when they see it floop, floop, <laughs> down the hall. You made me laugh so hard I cough. Uh, and, and that was the thing that uh, a lot of uh, the Lost City, for instance, and, and some of the other modules, you did find dead adventurers all the time. Yeah. It was like the, the clue that there was a trap there. Yes. You know, they, you'd be like, there seems to be, there's 
there's a, a what appears to have at one time been a suit of plate mail, but it seems to be flattened into a single sheet of metal. And you're like, uh, check the walls, check the ceiling, check the floor. <laughs> you yep. know, it's got to be a stone wall trap thing or something, you know, so... And those were and those were really neat ways, especially for younger players or newer players. A neat way to help telegraph mm-hmm. and help. There's a big thing in education about teaching people how to recognize where this is going, and in a lot of early gaming, when you look at video games, you see this principle of teaching you how to play the game. So, for example, there's almost always not sometimes it's a tutorial level, but sometimes like the first half of a level. Mm-hmm. will let you realize, oh, if I shoot the red barrels, they explode. Right. And then when you get to the boss, you mm-hmm. notice that, one, you can kite them because you've already learned how to kite, and two, yep. there are red barrels. And so you could kill the boss with your pistol and take an hour, or if you kite it next to a red barrel, because <laughs> you've learned it. And, and in a lot of ways, I think some of those early dungeons tried to like help coach newer players like there are hazards when you're adventuring um i also look too um one of the things that when i was thinking about the idea of the legacy of dnd um Mm -hmm. is how much we've come to expect the diverse party of adventurers Mm. so like even like we played warcraft i can't think of too often i found myself in like a group that's like oh no we only play with other night elves Mm. i i don't want to do a dungeon run with anyone but night elves yeah it was always like, oh, just grab five other players. Let's just do this. And we, you know, you'd have your night elf, you'd have your two humans, you'd have a couple of dwarves, and there you go. Yeah. Um, and so I think D and D kind of helped build that that legacy, which is weird because you would think Lord of the Rings did it first. Mm-hmm. But Lord of the Rings again, the Hobbit gave us twelve a twelve dwarven fighters and a halfling rogue, <laughs> and then one guy who showed up every so often with his wizard. Yeah, that wasn't technically a wizard. He was like a wizard fighter, whatever. And then Lord of the Rings, it's like, uh, how many halfling <laughs> rogues are we taking? Three, <laughs> four, technically. Four, four, yeah, yeah. we're four. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, and and although again, okay, so the one human fighter dies, mm-hmm. and suddenly another human fighter with a very similar name, who happens to be his brother, shows up. <laughs> oh yeah yeah that's not somebody slapping down a fresh character sheet now the thing is is you have to remember these were written around the turn of the century so uh, <laughs> yeah okay 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 well there's a whole meme i've seen and i'm sure if you search for it you'll find it i don't have the energy to put it in the show notes or yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. i will where it's like if you think of the lord of the rings as someone's D game and it's like the guy who plays gandalf uh is in a band so like there's a hmm. spot where he's like, I'm going on tour, so I gotta take off. And they all hmm. agree he's gonna have this awesome epic, we're gonna write you out of the game mm-hmm. moment. And then like three months later, the the band folds and he comes home. Nah. <laughs> and they want to get him back in the game again. But he really wants right. to play his old character again. Right, right. It's like okay, that makes sense. Except I'm Gandalf the White now. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You you're right, you deserve a power. We'll let you, I don't know, control armies of undead. Like that's gonna come up. <laughs> Flash forward six months. There's what near me? Bum, bum, bum. Is this thing we wrote down my character sheet going to work? <laughs> DM face palms. Um, yeah. But there are... Uh, s- go ahead. There are some good web comics out there that kind of do that. Uh, Darth and Droids is really good. It's not... I know it's not Lord of the Rings, 
but Darths and Droids has done like a ton of the uh, Star Wars movies as if they're a D&D game, like they're a role-playing game. And, you know, like, for instance, Jar Jar Binks is the kid's house they're playing at. His little sister wants to play. And, and so she comes up with the character of Jar Jar Binks. And, and it, it's really entertaining. So if you're looking for a good web comic that, that has that mentality to it, the looking at it as a role-play game. Uh, Order of the Stick is another one that's very meta, um, that it it is aware that it's a role-playing game kind of thing. So that one's kind of fun. And I'll put in one more for Dork Tower or Knights of the Dinner Table. Those are also like co- web comics that are really, really fun. Dave! Dave, welcome aboard. Thank you for coming back and hanging out with us today as we talk Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. Um, in this case, we're talking about the the legacy of D&D. And thank you for the cheers. Thank you so much for helping keep the lights on. Because um, mm-hmm. that's a big part. But we're a quarter after already. We, uh, we oh, wow. some usually about 6 o'clock-ish, we get to that winding down phase and yeah. start talking about any emails or particular tweets that caught our eye. And I, I think we've danced off several over mm-hmm. this this conversation. Um, and we'll always come back. If you have a, a comment you'd like to make, a thought you'd like to share, or a question you'd like to pose to us, uh, you are more than welcome to send us an email at oldtimertavern at gmail.com. Exactly like it sounds, O-L-D-T-I-M-E-R-T-A-V-E-R-N. Um, and we're happy to field those questions. They make for oftentimes a great uh, last third of the stream. Um mm-hmm usually about now too we do our weekend review um and um i do want to get this out there as a funny anecdote i have to share as often as i can um i set out to to meet in person another streamer this weekend i was i was traveling and i won't i won't go into great detail where i was traveling for everyone's personal protections um but i did say it was a pretty good distance from here and so we touched base we were going to meet up and hang out and have coffee and, and I arrived at a particular Starbucks I thought I was supposed to be at. And I sent Lenarius a photo saying, I'm here. Where are you? And I got a text back saying, I'm, I'm, I'm there. Where are you? Mm. And she had seen the picture of the, where mm. I was. Yeah. And, and there was a moment where I actually stopped and wondered, do we exist in different realities <laughs> connected solely through Twitch? Like I was, I was legit ready to accept that. Like I, I was about to start putting up map pins back and forth and if we were at the same map i'm like that's it that's it we have evidence of the multiverse and bezos owns it yeah because he's linked us through twitch oh dude that's but that was one of the neatest things this weekend is getting to hang out with another stream personality um and and it was just it was such a joy and pleasure our plan had been to hang out for about an hour Mm -hmm. and after three and a half we both kind of looked at our, our our phones and went we sh- we should get going, um, mm. and then it took us almost another twenty five minutes to get out of there because we yeah. did the we did the Midwest goodbye. Ah uh, yes, well, you're you're walking out and you're finally like nope nope gotta go bye poof, mm-hmm. um, and took off. I have not done a ton of gaming. Uh, last Wednesday we played uh, some video games on stream. Uh, I, I had the storytelling thing this weekend. Last night uh, one of our players Nebulet was uh, taken to the ER with complications. Oh, no. um, she is well. The baby is okay. well. Uh, it was mostly just for you know, just to be on the safe side. Um, mm-hmm. But she, so we 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 didn't play last night because uh, we were all kind of just making sure she's okay. Yes, yeah. she is fine. Um, 
So just we just wanted to be sure. And I said that. I said that. Um, we wanted to be sure she's okay and, and let everyone know we're thinking about her because mm-hmm. you know it's it's exciting and cool. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I think you will confirm terrifying. Mm-hmm. So so there's that. So my my week has been incredibly quiet on the game front. Uh, yeah. The week passed. How about your last week? Any big highlights to pull out and and gab um, about? I already kind of gabbed about my Sunday, you know, way too many hours of, <laughs> uh, of, of gaming. Which I'm going to um, interrupt you to say, if you're not following Indoor Adventurer, there's yeah. the link in the chat. You have got to check that out. That's a great place to see Greybeard in action at the game table. Uh, and on. Thursday, Thursday was, uh, I, I'm running Monster Noir with City of Mists as the, uh, as the system we're using now. And it's a weekly for the next like six or seven weeks. And um, yeah, it we're we're having a good time with it. Um, it's very story driven, very improv, and we're not afraid to, you know, just kind of stop and go. Ooh, how about we twist the story and go this direction? You know, um, currently there they went to a house with uh, people who are uh, who were reported dead, and then when they got there, they weren't dead. They were the very stereotypical Jack, uh, what were their names? Janet, John and Janet. And there was not much of a problem. And, you know, Jack opened the door like, hello. And then he leaned forward in the rictus, you know, the sunlight showed them beyond the veil. And he was a zombie with the rictus grin. And, you know, what seems to be the issue, officer? You know, kind of thing. And as he leaned back into the sunlight, you know, kind of the, uh, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean 2 sort of deal. Um, yeah, so that, that's pretty much uh, where we were going with that. Uh, Saturday night, we had an amazing session in my uh, online home game um, with my college buds. It was really good. We had a reuniting of a father and a, a, a daughter who had been uh infused with nanites and so she's got like basically superpowers and there's a hell glob and the, you know this this ball of of energy slash society of nanites and it, yeah it's just crazy and weird and uh, i i love playing it and we had like i said we had a good time where at the end everybody was like okay that was crazy <laughs> so that's my week Nice. Yeah, it sounds exciting. I've got um, coming up tomorrow night is going to launch the first night. I mentioned this as part of our conversation mm-hmm. of uh, I'm calling it now the Valley of Plenty mm. is the new the new title for it because um, it's it's meant to be just uh, we're going to go through it. And we're going to be done. It's not going to be a chain of, of connected adventures, um, but it's it's got a really great cast. Our Justice mm. is, is playing in it. Um, and ironically, I, I may have committed a minor faux pas. In that I, I texted him and Wings at the same time to say, I have a seat. Would want are you are you interested in possibly having it? And then uh, there was a little back to each of them, and I got a note from from Wings saying, Well, if you have two seats, we're both interested. Right. But if it's just one, take RJ. And I, I went, You guys are talking, <laughs> aren't you? Yeah, oh yeah. And they're like, Oh yeah, yeah, we're currently hanging out. I'm like, that has to be a little embarrassing. You know, they pick up their phones, <laughs> check Discord, it's like, Hey, Landon Noir's looking to see if we want if I want to play in the game. Funny. <laughs> You too. <laughs> you too. Um, and that's a weird one when you, when you know people don't live on Discord, and you mm. know you've got because at the time I thought I had three days to find a player. 
Mm-hmm. I didn't realize I'd have like two weeks to put it to, to it all together. Yeah. Um, but they, they, everyone, all, all, everyone seems okay. And yeah. Wings is still on the, it's definitely on my list of players to keep trying to bring to a table because yeah. she's a hoot. Um, I'm excited oh, to have RJ in it. Um, the other, that other pond is playing. Tiffany is back. Barely Molly is back. Um, they'll get me back to running two games a week. Plus, we did last week before last negotiate the monthly sessions for Candle Keep. Gotcha. And that is coming back. And I'm, so I'm so excited for that. Um, well, when you've got your home game, my home game today. Fame. Yeah, we yeah. actually the the kitty K was walking around tonight. Going, remember, folks, we are playing D and D tonight. <laughs> so, did an action that was well within the rules, and you're just like, I never can, dude. We we could not fit in a 90 minute podcast. How often we have found ourselves as DMs going, huh? They can do that, huh? <laughs> Had not thought of that. Okay. <laughs> Um, that's like, that's like, that's D and D that's D. I mean, one one having is, is how to keep a straight face when that happens, <laughs> you know? Oh, you figured it out. Hey, well, the, the vampire, the masquerade rule book even says, so you want to know how much damage a vampire takes when their face has been slammed into a French fryer. <laughs> Here's how you can come up with some of those rules on the fly. If, if you should find yourself surprised by your players. Um, which is a hoot. Before we head out and wrap up the podcast portion of, of today as part of our, our breakdown, I do feel obligated and excited to reaffirm, and I should have done this at the top of the stream, but if you stay till now, this is where you get the benefits. We mm-hmm. are sponsored by SweetSteam.com, the makers of the finest steampunk-themed chocolate. And as an added bonus, if you use the code STEAMNOIR at checkout, they will take 5% off your order. So we have exactly... Not, not only are we sponsored, we have an endorsement code. So yeah, just didn't check out. I, I just tested it. You type in Steam Noir and you get 5% off your order. Um, so that's a, that's at sweetsteam.com. Um, the end players went to Walmart, accidentally allowed them to be able to leave the store. Oh, well, yeah. See, there's your problem. <laughs> Once you go into a Walmart, you, it's, it's, it's like the Hotel California. You can check out anytime you like. You can Don't never matter. leave. <laughs> Or p- partying thought, my dear friend. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, keep your dice on the table and keep reaching for the stars. <sighs> Amen to that. My parting thought I want to add on to that. The simple fact about people who talk about how Gygax would have wanted you to play. Can we go back to that overall statement? It's all about having fun and sharing fun. If you're doing either of those things, you are playing as Gygax intended. Till next time, folks, stay safe. Happy Hour at the Old Timer Tavern is a proud part of the Inverse Genius network of content. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving a review on your podcast platform of choice. They give valuable feedback for the hosts and help others find this amazing content.